The year is 1999. The entire world is preparing for what would happen at the end of that year. With the upcoming New Year celebrations ushering in a new millennium, there was also this impending fear and peril of something called Y2K. An innocuous set of binary numbers that became part of the coding of all of the computers up until that point now had mankind in the throes of absolute distrust and disharmony. The schools of thought and the opinions that flowed regarding what that time in history would mean was beyond human comprehension. Well, since then, we have had many perils. We have had 9-11, we have had Ebola, we have had SARS, we have had MERS, and now this current pandemic. Mankind is now used or getting used to the fact that when something profound or catastrophic is announced, we take it lock, stock, and barrel. There is a certain group of people that prep for it accordingly by arming themselves in both food and munitions. And there's another group of people that practice the laissez-faire mentality and saying, if it doesn't affect me, I'm not going to react to it. God is still in control. There I was in Y2K wondering what the future held for me. I was an employee of an organization. I was getting some traction as a speaker, but I was also worried about the future. If the future did indeed bring some predictions of direness and strife, which it did when 9-11 happened, the speaking business crashed, the consulting business crashed. So I had to make some decisions. Most of you know that I try to do verbal gymnastics and uh, I still uh, like the way G.K. Chesterton alluded to uh, F.W. Borum when he called him a verbal acrobat. Maybe that is something someone uh, will <laughs> say about me somewhere down the road. But I wrote Y2K and I wrote down what, yes to Krish. That's what Y2K stood for me because I had nowhere else to go. I was an immigrant in a far-off land just making my traction. And now if everything changed and the reset meter was going to be hit, where would I go? What would I do? So I remember in 1999, I wrote down some names on a sheet of paper of people that had uh, dotted the landscape quite effectively as communication mavens as people who were mavericks in their trade and their respective professions, uh, had uh, taken the criticism of the world just because of their rigid stance in the way they did things, but also endeared themselves to the world in the flexible way in which their humility showed through their communication. So on a sheet of paper, I wrote down three names. This message uh, simply was titled An Ode to Giants, because 20 years have now passed since that day when I wrote these three names down. What were the names? Well, the first was Zig Ziglar. Mr. Ziglar was my mentor and hero, and I learned most of my communication style, substance, and delivery for him. I said, I always want to be able to teach like Mr. Ziglar with a simplicity and a profundity included at the same time, a, a wit that allowed people to laugh a little and then some amount of wisdom that allowed them to weep a little. The second was Adrian Rogers, a man Mr. Ziegler had introduced me to through his audio cassettes. Uh, Adrian Rogers, of course, the great preacher from Bellevue Baptist in Memphis, Tennessee, a man who recorded, they say, over 4,000 sermons. 
much of which is still archived and available digitally under the banner Love Worth Finding, lwf.org. For those of you looking for uh, preaching and uh, messaging that would allow you to alter your life, not just in eternal ways, but give you great guidance in your temporal search, Adrian Rogers was brilliant with his uh, way of disposition. So I wrote down Adrian Rogers. I wanted to be able to teach like him with alliterative clarity to give people a formula to be able to make the words dance in their minds and give them some thought-provoking ideas. So the first name was Ziegler. The second name was Rogers. The third name came to me as a surprising twist. As I was making this list and as I was deciding what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, a friend of mine handed me at that time, I don't know if it was an audio cassette or CDs had already come out, but it was a message by a man named Ravi Zacharias. This lady talked about the fact that she had heard him through a series of uh, events and uh, she was more fascinated by the fact that he was of Indian origin but had lived some time in Canada and now at that time had made his home in Atlanta, Georgia. I was mesmerized by his style, by his clarity, by his cadence, by his delivery, his ability to delve into philosophy, take you down paths of Elizabethan uh, stories and Victorian renditions, and then bring you back into the current. I started searching for his books, and the first book of his I found was a book called Deliver Us From Evil. I was captivated by his writing style and I was also captivated by the way in which he seemed very well researched uh, in his delivery. So alongside their names, I wrote down these words. I want to be able to teach like Ziegler. I want to be able to preach like Adrian Rogers. And I wanted to be able to reach like Ravi Zacharias with intellectual veracity. Adrian Rogers' quote that mesmerized me then and probably is still applicable today is so simple. It says, if you need encouragement, give it. If you need love, give it. Whatever you need, give it away. To me, that was an alien concept. I was of Indian origin and amassment was the need of the hour. I was a migrant and accumulation was the desire for the people who came here as migrants to achieve the American dream. And here was a man contrarian and contrary to opinion saying, give it away. Mr. Ziegler's famous quote that is actually etched on the wall of the building that we built and a training center that we dedicated to him called the Ziegler Summit in Las Colinas, Texas. His quote, his most famous quote is on our wall. It is actually called our picture wall affectionately because everybody who comes to us for seminars or for discussion or any number of the learning sessions we have there always want to take a picture under the quote. What was his quote? You can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. Again, not about you, but about other people. The quote was uh, bathed in uh, the golden rule. It was... If you want success in life, make sure you lift other people up. And then Dr. Zacharias, uh, Ravi Zacharias's great quote was, we have a right to believe whatever we want, but not everything we believe is right. We have a right to believe whatever we want, but not everything we believe is right. It was prophetic then and it is prophetic now. When you look at the mayhem and the madness all around and we look at people passing off uh, 
comments uh, left, right, and center across social media, most of it is about disturbance and distress. But if you read that quote, and uh, I would encourage you to uh, participate with RZIM, they have got resources galore, they have got people uh, who cover every demographic uh, across the globe, uh, they have got individuals, and again, this is not a plug or anything else, I'm affiliated with the ministry and very proud of it. We have a right to believe whatever we want, but not everything we believe is right. Here was an apologist saying truth by nature is exclusive. He was dealing with the laws of logic. He was dealing with the laws of non-contradiction, where he was saying that, you know, two people cannot have two different truths and both of them be right. One of them has to be wrong. And this goes back to the question, everything motive. So suddenly I had three distinct voices giving me three distinct messages, but all having the consistency. You know, Dr. Joyce Brothers, who I often quote in the early days and still now every so often's quote was what? Uh, you cannot consistently perform in a manner inconsistent with the way you see yourself. So once you set apart a, a, a set of directives, once you set apart a set of edicts, once you set apart a set of governances that guide you, you are now set apart. The biggest problem I've observed in the last 20 years since Y2K and every other thing that has uh, inhabited and ha the planet and has kind of inundated our thought process is a, a fluttering flexibility, which means we go with the new fluidity that is convenient. But these three giants, and I called it an ode to giants because they shaped my communication pattern, they shaped my fortitude, and they gave me a lot of gusto now, that doesn't mean I haven't read other people. That doesn't mean I haven't listened to other people. But what I would encourage you to do is make sure that your foundations are solid enough that you have one, two, or three great sources of information that whose own lives was exemplary, were exemplary, and were lived out in a consistent manner. Mr. Ziegler was the same in 1991 and 92 when I started traveling with him and towards the very end. I remember taking his shoes to be shined in rural Iowa when knew, nobody knew who I was, and I had the privilege of being his man Friday when he had reached the end of his uh, life and uh, was losing some of the physical faculties, and I became the person he leaned on. But in one of those uh, sessions, I so vividly remember, it was April of 19, of uh, the year 2012, the year we lost him. I'd gone to have lunch with Mr. Ziegler, and he looked at me from that deep fog of forgetfulness and said, did I ever teach you? And I said, yes, sir, you did, and I'm your proud student. He, said, he says, remember, people with good teachers always have a better chance. And those words have been etched indelibly in my mind. Who are our teachers at this point? Who are the people inspiring you? Are the sources of your input consistent? Are the sources of your input constant? Did they live their lives of great uh, compassion? Did they live their lives with great consideration? Remember what Benjamin Franklin said when he spoke in June 28th of 1787 at the ratification of the Constitution? He said, I have lived, sir, a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men, and if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? This was, of course, the elder statesman who had signed both the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and he was 81 years of age when he made that statement. 
Uh, Ravi Zacharias lived to his mid-70s. Mr. Zig Ziglar lived to his mid-80s. I never had the privilege of meeting Adrian Rogers, but I think within a short 10 months of him retiring as a pastor, he passed away. But all of them arrived at their finality, having spread their discourse across the globe. And yes, between them, I think they touched more than 90% of population on planet Earth with their travels and their messages. Their messages are still uh, writ large on uh, human minds and hearts, and uh, uh, Ziggler.com is where you would go to get the messages of Zig Ziggler. LWF.org is where you would go to get the messages of Adrian Rogers, and RZIM.org is where you would go to get the messages of Ravi Zacharias. Ravi Zacharias has two podcasts that are listened, uh, I think, in over 200 venues uh, internationally, are Let My People Think and Just Thinking. A great dose of humility every day with practical insights into what is happening in this world. I call this an ode to giants because every day I listen to at least one of them in some format or the other, whether it is visual, whether I read by way of text, or whether I listen audibly. But the preaching with alliterative clarity, reaching to be wise, and then teaching with humility, preparation, and consistency, living a life of great courage and fortitude, living for the Lord they served. Twenty years have now been passed. All three are now at heaven's gate or in heaven, having passed through heaven's gate. But all of them, for all they said and all they did and how well they did it, arrived at the same words. They were brilliant. Each of them had a vocabulary that was unique to their set of required talents. Each of them had a disposition that was unique to their particular calling. Each of them had a presentation style that was unique to the audiences they were invited to serve. But all of them heard the same words with the same cadence from the same person, the Lord they served. Well done, my good and faithful servant. So that's an ode to their giants. I do believe they heard the words, well done. And if you want to hear the words, well done, I would encourage you to start listening to these giants. God bless you. Happy listening. Until next time. As always, check us out on all the social media platforms. Please visit krishdunham.com. That's krishdunham.com. For links to all the platforms and a variety of resources available on those respective platforms. Thank you. God bless.